You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Bucks. It's Frank Madden riding with you solo here on Friday because of Lockdown Bucks. I guess this is uh, what I get for, for bailing on my good friend Eric Name uh, after the Pistons game. I, I had no interest in talking about what I saw in that game. Eric soldiered on, recorded a podcast. If you didn't want to listen to that podcast because you were also uh, just so not interested in thinking about the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't blame you. But shout out to Eric for doing doing the work, putting in some time. Um, Eric is seeing uh, Lord and Run the Jewels. I think that's the name of the other group um, tonight. So he had a good excuse uh, not to record tonight. And uh, so it, it comes to me, and I, I feel like I've had my uh, my 24-hour cool-down period uh, since watching the Bucks absolutely lay an egg in Detroit on Wednesday uh, to drop them into seventh place in the East standings. Um, I, you know, I probably would not have had that bad of a taste in my mouth if not for the fact that Giannis was, I mean, you know, insult to injury. He was beat up in every which way, statistically, physically, um, you know, statistically his worst game of the season, season low 11 points. I don't know if he's had fewer than three rebounds or whatever, no steals, no blocks. Um, he, couldn't do anything basically, which was all the worse because he has those two dunks early. You're feeling like, oh, okay, he's he's getting to the rim. Troy Parker comes in, makes his first three shots. You're feeling like, oh, okay, you know what were the Bucks up twenty nine twenty at one point? You think, oh, Bucks, this could be a bounce back win for the Bucks, and then no, no, no nothing after that. Jabari doesn't make another shot. Giannis, um, uh, I mean the the Pistons put him in a box, right? Blake, Blake Griffin renowned uh non-defender Blake Griffin uh <laughs> had no problem containing Giannis um and and I don't know I don't I don't know what what to say about Giannis right now I mean obviously there's always you know the big concern around the knee um Joe Prenti alluded to the physicality of opponents and the Pistons specific I mean you know the Pistons I think in I think Giannis played about 70 minutes in Detroit this year he shot two free throws total uh first game they were there I think he still had 28 points, 29 points or so, um, obviously, uh, on Wednesday. Just couldn't get anything going. Uh, did make a three in the second half. That was his only points after halftime. But, um, I mean, literally nothing going. He ends up getting whacked in the face after missing a point-blank shot and tipping it in and gets called for goaltending and uh, uh, offensive basket interference and gets hit in the face. Uh, for the second time in the game, I mean, just I don't know, it, you know, short of a major injury, you couldn't have scripted probably a worse game for Giannis. Um, but we'll see. I mean, teams are trying to be physical with him. I think the problem with you know playing him through the post, I I talked to it was probably a year ago. I was talking to somebody um, 
with who worked for the Spurs, and they said, you know, he was talking about talking to to Monty Williams and about how he was like coaching their big guys and how you know how it's almost pointless to have guys go in the post because the post is the one place where you can just absolutely maul the other the other guys' teams and or the other team's players and on the perimeter, lots of stuff is called, but if you try to go in the post, people beat you up. And I think we see that from Giannis now. So much of what the Pucks try to do is try to get him in ISO situations with his back to the basket. And he's obviously not, you know, as much as he's added weight, he's not super strong. He can't just easily bulldoze guys. And as we saw against the Pelicans, um, if you bring help, that second wave of help, um, you know, it's hard to get through multiple lines of defense, even when you're Giannis. So, you know, just sort of underscoring. I mean, if he never improves his jump shot, I mean, there, that, that there's a ceiling, right? I mean, we we kind of joke about every year. You know, the joke is, well, if he improves his jump shot, then he can take the next step, and he takes the next step anyway. Um, but at some point here, I think we're getting to the point where, you know, he takes tons of mid range shots, and he's not good at them. You know, I mean, that's uh, you know, unfortunately, he he obviously goes to streaks where he's good at them, but then when it's not there. Um, and teams are, are effective at walling off the paint. Um, again, dare, daring the Bucks to make outside shots, and right now they don't make outside shots, and they don't move the ball well enough to, to really hurt teams from the outside. It's just a bad combination. So um, so we'll see. I, I don't know. It, teams adjusting. Teams play more physical. Refs not giving him as favorable whistle. Kind of hard to say. The knee, obviously, is probably the biggest concern. Um, but the one thing we know is generally when teams adjust and take something away from Giannis, he figures out a way to – readjust himself and 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 come back better and and uh and improve anyway so so we'll see obviously next game up on friday against the indiana pacers who have been having their own problems uh you know i I don't know if it's if it's better to lose a couple uh close games and then get killed on a road back-to-back versus the pacers lost on the road to both the mavericks and hawks who obviously both stink so at least Pacer fans are feeling some of the pain that Bucks fans are. Um, but the Pacers are still also have the benefit of being ahead in the standings. They're fifth in the East right now, 34 and 27. They are 13 and 16 on the road. They have lost two in a row, uh, but had won six of eight before that. And they sit one game ahead of the Bucks in the standings. And, you know, at 33 and 28, the Bucks. I mean, it, it, it's kind of scary. You look around the standings, you see a lot of teams and Pretty much everybody has a tiebreaker of the Bucks right now. We talked about the other night the Wizards evening the series two two. The Wizards have the conference tiebreaker at twenty three and fifteen versus the Bucks twenty and nineteen. The Pacers, uh, obviously, if they win uh, on Friday, then they will assure that the Bucks can't beat them head to head. They have a twenty four sixteen conference record, so they'd have a head to head tiebreaker against the Bucks. The Sixers, we'll still see them a couple more times. Um, the Sixers are the one team. They haven't played a ton of conference games yet, but they have a better record as well. Um, so again, you have to beat them head-to-head if you're going to probably have a chance to beat them and have a tiebreaker of them. The Heat at in the eighth spot, well, they have the head-to-head, so it doesn't matter. You don't have the tiebreaker of them. And the Pistons also um, are the one team where you you actually do have a conference head-to-head. The Pistons are just 18-22, and 22, but because the Pistons are in the same division as the Bucks, the same goes for the Pacers as well. Um, Pistons at six and six in the division, Bucks at five and seven. That is the first tiebreaker 
uh, for playoff seeding if those teams are tied. So if you're in the same division as another team, then you go to division record. Otherwise, it's conference record. Um, so basically, the Bucks are looking at a situation where, you know, if they don't start picking up games against Pacers and Sixers, for instance, they're gonna they're gonna not have tiebreakers against anybody, which is pretty scary because there's obviously a, I'd say a pretty damn big incentive to not finish outside of the fifth spot. And right now the Bucks only a game out of the fifth spot, but you know, a game in, and then they don't have a tiebreaker most likely, but the Pacers are that fifth seed. So we'll see. Um, you know, I think usually when the Bucks embarrass themselves as they have <laughs> the past few days, uh, I don't know. They usually come back and play better. Right. Um, you know, I, I thought the stat was interesting. The Bucks had the best record on the second night of back-to-backs of any team in the NBA coming into the game on Wednesday. Um, I guess was I guess I got some solace from the fact that uh, Baxter Holmes over at ESPN has been writing these monthly forecasts of the you know most difficult games from a scheduling standpoint, and that game in Detroit was the Bucks' only uh, entry in this month's sort of schedule losses list that ESPN. Uh, comes up with basically looking at situation, you know, basically they're, they're factoring in travel, changing time zones, road games, things like that. And then they figure out basically whether a game is, you know, the likelihood of game being a schedule loss. And it's actually been remarkably predictive. Well, not remarkably, but it's been very predictive, let's say, um, of when teams are, are just not going to be able to, to come up with wins. And the Pistons game was the Bucks' most difficult one for four games in six days, changing time zones, later game, uh, the night before they were at a rest disadvantage, but still, I mean, you get your doors blown off by a Pistons team that isn't that good. Um, again, not to make excuses, but anyway, um, I, I don't know if I want to talk anymore about the Pistons. To be honest, I don't. I don't really feel like it. Um, I did kind of cleanse my palate, a slight brief detour. Uh, I watched non-sports stuff for a day. I'm on paternity leave. I think a lot of you probably heard me talk about that, so I'm. Not working for the next few weeks. Uh, I watched three boards out billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, Francis McDormand giving zero Fs. Uh, basically, Francis McDormand just sort of embodying what I would assume Francis McDormand would be like if she was a character. So I don't know if it was really a stretch for her, but it was good. Sam Rockwell was eventually good. Woody Harrelson kind of played himself, but was good. Um, but I, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I've heard some mixed thoughts on it although obviously it's critically been well received but um definitely enjoyed that one uh and also i tweeted about the other day uh the alienist it's sort of a, a period piece murder suspense show on tnt they apparently sunk a ton of money in the show and it it's like their attempt at prestige tv i think it mostly works it's about uh there's six episodes in i've enjoyed it uh if you're into that it, it's uh it's good it takes place in 1890s new york serial killer blah 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 worth a look um Okay, now I'm going to turn my attention to the move the Bucks made today. And I've tweeted a couple of very snarky things about it. So my, uh, if you saw those, then my, my opinion of this move are, are not going to be any secret. But the Bucks signing Shabazz Muhammad, who had been bought out earlier on uh, Thursday by the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was the deadline for picking up guys... Uh, such that they would still be playoff eligible. Basically, if a guy got waived uh, today or you know, basically any time the rest of the season and you sign him after March 1st, then he's not playoff eligible. Um, and Shabazz Muhammad, uh, there were reports, I think 
Shams Tarani, I think, might have been the first one to, to tweet about it. And I know Woj, I think, tweeted that he was going to the Bucks. But um, I think the other day Shams made, might have tweeted that, you know, Shabazz was looking to go to a playoff contender, get waived by the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, by the way, are very much in the playoffs. I think they're third in the West. They just lost Jimmy Butler. They have, I think, only 14 guys in their roster right now, now 13 with Shabazz Muhammad getting released. This is a team that, in theory, could use a wing, a scoring wing. Um, Shabazz Muhammad, obviously, uh, drafted in 2013, just ahead of Giannis Adetokounmpo, by the way. So, um, you know, in a sort of a sliding doors type way, uh, Shabazz arriving at least does remind us how lucky we are to have been able to draft Giannis uh, and not someone like Shabazz. But um, he's a weird player. Um he gets buckets, okay? Yeah, he scores points. Um, and at times, he has actually been pretty efficient at getting buckets. Uh, his second year, actually, you know, his sort of scoring efficiency numbers, true shooting numbers, his PER, which is mostly, you know, an offensive thing, were, were impressive. He was almost a 20 PER guy. I think he was close to a 60% true shooting guy. That's very good. But the problem with Shabazz has always been that even when he was good, kind of secretly wasn't good <laughs> um, uh it's he's always been a guy who didn't play defense didn't pass you know black hole um not a guy that necessarily anybody probably enjoyed playing with and the last couple of years in particular especially this year uh has really tailed off statistically three-point shooting has totally gone down the tubes i think it was 39 percent his second year um career under 32 percent last two years under 30 percent um just not an effective nba basketball player um you know he's only in his mid-20s so yeah he's not old uh but he's a guy that thought he was going to be able to get a big contract last summer nobody was interested he ends up going back for the minimum to minnesota he could have signed a qualifying offer if i recall correctly earlier in the summer and made a fair bit more thought he actually had a market he did not ends up taking the minimum and now he gets bought out because the Wolves don't want him, even though they have a need for a wing. And why the Milwaukee Bucks are interested in him, uh, I don't know. Um, he's he's basically like a less talented Jabari, Jabari Parker in some ways in terms of, it's like if you thought Jabari shot too well, you know, and didn't offensive rebound well enough. I mean, that's, I guess that, that you could say that's Shabazz Muhammad in a nutshell. Uh, Non-defender, you know, small ball four, probably more of a three, I guess. Um, a guy that this afternoon, uh, I was I was about to make a joke about, you know, when it was tweeted that, oh, he's looking to sign with a playoff team. A G League playoff team? What what playoff team could possibly be interested in Shabazz Muhammad, the black hole who doesn't pass and doesn't play defense? That doesn't really seem like the skills that a playoff team would be interested in. Fast forward a few hours, my wife and I are, probably about three quarters of the way through watching uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And I get a text from Eric who's at this, who's at this concert. And he, I look at my, my phone and it says, um, I hate it when I, what, let, let me, let me actually, I, I know I don't have my phone with me. Uh, something to the effect of, I hate it when the bucks make news or I hate that the bucks are making news tonight. You know, something cause he knew he wasn't going to be able to podcast about it and, and chime in on it. Um, so of course, yes, the bucks, the Bucks do something to to create news. I I was half assuming because I've been so skeptical of the Bucks having 
an interest in actually signing Brandon Jennings to an NBA contract that the Bucks had actually signed Brandon Jennings to an NBA contract, which at this point, I mean, you know, uh, I still haven't seen when Delhi's going to come back, but it would be kind of weird if you'd wait basically throughout all your point guards being hurt. And then towards the tail end of that, actually go out and sign a point guard. Um, but to be honest, as much as I did not think the Bucks should sign Brandon Jennings, I think that would have made more sense than signing Shabazz Muhammad. Um, Again, I don't. I don't know. Do you, are there minutes for Shabazz Muhammad? I, I don't really think so. Um, I kind of hope not because it, maybe that means that you know Giannis or Jabari are out or something. Um, so I don't really see a role for Shabazz Muhammad. Um, you know, as has been pointed out, Milton Newton, uh, the Bucks assistant GM, arriving this summer from Minnesota, where he was let go. Uh, he was the GM of the team from September 2013. So after Shabazz was drafted, thankfully for Milt, the blood of picking Shabazz Muhammad is not on his hands. He did not pick Shabazz over uh, Giannis. But he was there for three years uh, while Shabazz was there. So I guess he saw Shabazz's you know, better, better times there. And the obvious connection there is, you know, Milt throwing Shabazz Muhammad a, a lifeline. I don't know. I, I don't, again, I don't really, I don't really get it. I mean, the Bucks waved Sean Kilpatrick who had not played well. I don't think the Bucks are missing out on anything by, by waving Sean Kilpatrick. He hadn't played well. You know, he, he had a, basically a year and a half of pretty solid basketball in Brooklyn. Didn't play well last year, has struggled again this year. You know, again, he's a, he's a, he's a marginal NBA player. And obviously if he doesn't shoot well, then he's not adding value. So whatever. Um, but it's, you know, I think maybe the Bucks are going to pay roughly 400000 bucks or something like that to have Muhammad on the roster instead. And I always find it kind of interesting. I mean, this isn't like exclusive to the Bucks, but I always kind of find it interesting because you always hear about how, you know, pro sports teams don't pay for anything because they don't have to, right? Because, you know, uh, and I'm not talking about their, their actual players, but for, for all the other stuff, right? Like if you work for a pro sports team, like, you know, you get paid under market because everybody wants to work for a pro sports team. And I always find it funny because it's like teams in a lot of ways, not that the Bucks themselves are cheap because they've obviously put a lot of money into the franchise and all this other stuff. But I always find it funny that, you know, teams are sort of like waste hundreds of thousand dollars or even like millions of dollars on these like random role player guys who are never really going to make any difference for them. And yet, like, I don't know, like that it's just, it's an interesting contrast, you know, basically I joke that, you know, it would have been cooler to let me buy a Ferrari and drive it off a cliff than spend $400,000 on Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> and uh, our old friend Kale Schwinnard, uh, formerly of Behind the Buck Pass, now with the Atlanta Hawks, tweeted me the gif of uh, the scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where the old Ferrari uh, goes flying out the back of the uh, the showroom or whatever. That's probably a much, 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 much more expensive. That's like the Miles Plumley signing. That's not a few hundred thousand dollar Ferrari, but... Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just don't, I just don't get this move. And it, like, it's sort of one of those things like, does it matter? Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the bucks. Probably like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe Shabazz Muhammad comes out and he has, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's capable of having like a microwave scoring game or, you know, giving you like a random 12 point 10 minute night at some point, And maybe that helps you win a game. Like that's very possible. Right. I mean, that's not like, I mean, he has some, he has, he has some skills. 
he has the ability to score points. Um, he's been really bad this year for the Wolves in, in limited minutes. Um, but I, yeah, it's just like one of those things. I just, I just don't really see the point, you know? And I think probably the, the reason why, you know, you're going to see Bucks Twitter, people actually make a big deal of this. Because it's true. Like, if you say, like, well, it doesn't matter. It's just the 15th guy. Eh, I mean, it doesn't matter in the sense of like what this this move is going to mean for the Bucks this year, because um, again, Kilpatrick wasn't really going to adding much of anything. Uh, but it's just kind of like, wait, is that do the Bucks think Shabazz Muhammad is like good or could be good or like does, did Mill Newton spend three years in Minnesota and maybe because he didn't see the last year and a half, like is that maybe that's a good excuse for not thinking or thinking that Shabazz Muhammad is worth picking up. I don't know. It's just sort of I, the thing that came to mind was you ever visit a friend in a, in a different city where you, you know, you, you haven't visited before you go visit a friend who lives in a, a different city and you say, Hey, well, let's, let's go out for dinner. Right. And they they have a chance to take you out to a place that is, you know, like their favorite place. Okay. Like show me what you got. Take me out to a good restaurant. And they take you out to like a really crappy restaurant or a really like mediocre restaurant. You're just like, really? You've been here for five years and I show up and like, do you just have bad taste in, in restaurants or you just not, you just not like me or what, what's the deal? And that's, that's the only thing I could kind of think of. Like, you know, Milt Newton, he spent three years in Minnesota. And I mean, again, we, we have no insight into what moves, you know, Milt Newton has wanted to make or not make, you know, since he's been in Milwaukee, no idea. Right. This isn't GMs. Like they kind of fly under the radar. But obviously, this one you know, is an obvious one to have sort of his fingerprints on him because of the connection with Minnesota. It's like, really? That's the thing? Like, we, you're, you're the guy that gives us Shabazz Muhammad. So, I don't know. Um, let's say this. It does not increase my confidence that the Bucks will make smart moves in the future. Um, and I, I hope that Shabazz and the Bucks prove me wrong and they see something that... Uh, you know, snarky NBA Twitter didn't see, and he somehow contributes somewhat, but um, he probably doesn't. And to me, like a black hole, non-defending guy who plays the same position as Giannis and Jabari, not really at the top of my list of needs for this Bucks team. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to, you can count me as uh, as a, that doesn't make any sense. You can count me as a, don't get it on on this move and we will see it won't matter but it might tell us some things that we didn't want to know about the bucks uh from a decision making standpoint so is that enough negativity i think i feel like we've had a rough two days uh we've had a rough week to be honest um we didn't even really get to enjoy at least from a podcasting perspective the toronto win because we podcasted after that game uh, after the the pelicans game on sunday so Friday's a new day. It's a new weekend. Um, the Bucks have their work cut out for them. I think that's obviously obvious. Um, I, I don't. I don't think we we need to be. I, I, I mean, I saw references to like Jason Kidd's firing, and I think Gary Ellerson was talking about something implying that that somehow the Bucks getting blown out or losing three games in a row is like somehow vindicating Jason Kidd. Like, no. What I mean, what like. I mean, the Bucks lost two extremely close games, which, granted, you really would have wanted to win those games. But, okay, it's against good teams. You know, the Wizards have been playing well. Pelicans have been playing great. They just beat the Spurs in San Antonio. 
you know, okay, it's not the end of the world. Getting blown up by the Pistons, that sucks. But, you know, okay, it, it happens. Let's kind of see what see what else happens here, right? Um, Jason Kidd is, is, is gone, and that is was is and will always be the the right move for the bucks and uh again i don't think necessarily our listeners were in the camp of um jumping to strange conclusions about a few losses saying something about jason kidd um but i at least saw that floating around casually today and i wanted to at least make my opinions known on that so anyway have a great friday everybody it's tjf um have a great weekend um, I, I make no guarantees for the Bucks' performances on Friday night against the Pacers. But again, the Pacers are at least also not playing great. It is a home game. The Bucks typically, and I, do I want to say that they they typically bounce back from tough losses? I don't know if I do, but uh, let's hope for it. And hopefully, going into Sunday, tough game against the Sixers, who beat the Cavaliers tonight, so they continue to play well. Um, that is also going to be a tough game. And then you come back on Monday and have to play the Pacers again in Indiana. So a three, three games in four days stretch that will seriously test the Bucks' medal. And I think we'll, we'll find out a lot about them over the next few days. So enjoy your Friday. Try to enjoy your Friday before the Bucks play um, because I can make no guarantees, but fingers crossed. And we'll come back to you again. Uh, we'll record on Sunday after the Sixers game. Hopefully we'll be in a better mood than we have been this week and get back to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Thanks.